Welcome to the Copilot Connection. We're here to share with you all the news, insights, and capabilities of the Microsoft Copilot ecosystem across the entire Microsoft stack. I'm Zoe Wilson, and I'm an executive at Avenard in our modern work business, an MVP for Microsoft 365, a regional director, and a Viva Explorer. And I'm Kevin McDonald. I'm Microsoft MVP, Viva Explorer, and Copilot strategy and modern workplace AI leader Avenard. And we'll be releasing episodes as podcasts and on YouTube with insights from experts, from the community and from Microsoft on all the different areas of co-pilots, the impact they can make to you and your organization, what you need to do to prepare for them or to start implementing now. And even, as we covered in the last episode, how you can extend them. It was really interesting as well, I think, Kevin, looking at the stats for the last episode, it, it's obvious that there are lots of people out there who are really interested in extensibility for the Copilot ecosystem. Yeah, yeah, that was really, really good to see, because if I'm honest, I, I wasn't as happy with the episode as I would like. I do prefer it when there's two of us to bounce ideas off uh, and things like that, but the interest in it and the stats are looking very good. So do do give that a listen if you haven't had a chance yet. And any questions, contact us on social. Let, let us know what you'd like to hear more of, really. Yeah, and if, if you're already extending Copilot, any of the Copilots, we'd really love to hear from you To You know, we'd love to know what your experience is like, what kind of thing you're doing. Uh, so maybe we can get you on a future episode. Absolutely, absolutely, because we're doing so well at organising those uh, extra people. <laughs> <coughs> I was determined so, last week to book some ways and failed miserably, but we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> uh, so this week we're going to be reviewing some of the latest Copilot news, as always, um, but we're also going to look at some of the myths that we see being shared about Copilots. Yeah, and I think with some of those news, we're going to put some links into the show notes that we haven't really got time to cover in here, but we think are of interest. Um, so you you won't miss out on some of those as well. Um, so some really, especially work labs had some really good articles out there. But we would talk for hours and we probably could, to be honest, sorry, uh, if we covered those. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we, we've said this before, but there's generally so much news coming out on a regular basis around Copilot and generative AI that we, mm. we could literally do two hour episodes. Uh, so so we've picked some of the most relevant ones for you. And like Kevin said, we'll include some of the links. So definitely do check out the show notes as well as listening. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, first bit of news, and, and I like this because it involves licensing. Um, which is always something <laughs> that many people duck away from, but I, I don't think we should. So uh, let's see, make that a little bit louder, uh, wider for those watching on there. Um, this one, and I need to look at this article because it catches my surprise, but this is all about fabric pricing. So they announced that the fabric pricing will kick in from March the 1st. We've been in public preview for... Um, Copilot in fabric uh, on there, and they've now talked about how the billing is going to kick in from March the first, and it, it's definitely worth a read, but it's a little bit more complex. And I'm, I certainly would like—I I think I mentioned uh, as I put this out on social media—would like to go and talk to someone a bit more about this because I want to understand how exactly it works. Because ultimately, it's about the number of tokens, and it, it comes up with something called a consumption rate. Now, I've worked with Cosmos DB a bit before, and it's a similar thing where you, you kind of use a consumption and it almost caps it out to a certain level and slows things down of your 
if you're using things there and you kind of get a consistent rate over time. But it means it's probably not the easiest thing for people to calculate if they haven't been looking at this um, before. But you you effectively get charged on the amount you use on the input. So how much you are, how big your prompt is, how much your question is going into the copilot and then how much comes out you get charged on uh, as well. Interesting. You get charged more on that. Oh, sorry. No, you get charged less because you've your consumption rate is higher um, within there. So it's effectively you you pay for the the. The, almost like your bandwidth. If you imagine you're paying for the bandwidth on the internet, is the way I understand it, you're paying for your bandwidth for things you can get through and it will just take a lot longer if you're using too much. And there's ways it's got in there, um, interestingly, as as apps, as Power BI apps, that you've got ways to look at how your usage is going over time uh, as well. It's always gone very quiet, which makes me think this isn't something she's looked at previously. <laughs> this this model as well but yeah it's it, i mean it's interesting isn't it um so i was actually just thinking we should have we should maybe have a licensing focused episode where we go through the licensing for all of the different parts of the copilot ecosystem <laughs> yeah yeah maybe that could be a solo one for you zoe <laughs> are you not interested yeah. in licensing kevin <laughs> i no i i am um <laughs> I, I was debating talking about this. One of the things I'd like to do is to to kind of have a summary for each of the co-pilots. And one of the things is to look at the licensing. And I have been looking at some of that. And uh, yeah, it's it's not a simple one. So it might be a series that we put together for that one. But I yeah. think it would be useful, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, I, I think for people who are going to be using this, understanding things like the fabric throttling policy, how it smooths mm. that you over time will be really important because people will need to factor this into the things that they're building and the things that they're doing inside of that um fabric uh fabric workspace yeah absolutely and another thing from this article it talks about the the region mapping because obviously a lot of the open ai services are only available in certain regions in certain locations so you can enable that cross geo process tenant settings in there but then there can be slightly different pricing depending on the region you're in. So uh, it, it is definitely worth looking at this and making sure you you consider how you're going to use this um, on there. I, I'm sure we'll see some interesting articles come out on that as well. Yeah, so that's that's interesting about the region mapping because I was actually, and I'm going off tangent a little bit here, um, but I was looking at the uh, M365 roadmap. And one of the things that's in the roadmap to come out in the next couple of months is um, Microsoft Copilot for Microsoft 365 data residency commitments, where... Um, that's easy for you to say. <laughs> um, what, what it says is they'll have new commitments covering stored content of interactions with Copilot for M365, which will be added to existing data residency commitments. So um, what, what I think that means is that over the course of the next few months, we'll start to see more focus on some of those uh you know the geolocation of of where things happen and where things are stored to comply with data residency and data boundaries yeah i think that would be really good because i know they've been very clear that copilot won't breach the european data boundary but beyond that it's uh it, it's a little more flexible isn't it in terms of what they talk about yeah, and it's, I mean, it's interesting for a lot of the, um, 
highly regulated or government industries in the UK, for example, because we're not UK, we're, we're not EU anymore. Uh, so we're not governed by that EU data boundary. And I know that there are lots of conversations around where the data will flow for those who are in highly regulated or government industries. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, for those watching video, notice I got a bit distracted because you mentioned the roadmap there. Uh, another article we forgot to include was um, from our good friend Sarah Fenner, um, who did a bit of analysis of the roadmap items since November 2023. I'm just going to flash that up on screen within there. And the reason I think this is interesting to this podcast is that 1%. So with all the talk about how big Copilot is, only 1% of the roadmap items have involved Copilot, compared with 12% for Viva, which apparently everyone thinks is dead so I, I thought that was really fascinating to kind of take that uh, that breakdown and I'm sure you know there's a lot more behind the scenes and a lot more chat and uh, things like SharePoint and Teams will have OneDrive elements in there but I, I thought it was really fascinating. That's really interesting because I know that on the roadmap there'll be a lot of things that are tagged with Viva and Copilot so I, um, mm. I'm going to ping Sarah after this and see how she's how she's analysed the data for it. Yeah. No, I think it's in, intriguing, but uh, maybe we just need more things on the, written on the roadmap uh, for that one. Um, uh, right. What's up next, Kevin? Um, so next one, this is, again, let's co-pilots. This is more about open AI news. And this one came from CMS Wire talking about the, the chat GPT mentions. And I found this really interesting effectively. And I'm probably going to get called out for making this a bit simpler. But GPT mentions allow you to, in, in the same way that's within Teams, Viva Engage, all sorts of things, you can mention people. Effectively, you'll be able to do that with ChatGPT to different, um, I'm trying not to say plugins, but effectively different GPTs, I think they're calling them within that open AI world. So you can mention those items. So you could say like, um, what's the example of that music one? Uh, or you could say maybe Expedia. Hey, Expedia, could you tell me um, the best price for going to Wiesbaden uh, in May, for example? if you happen to be booking for tickets for the collab summit and things on there. So you've got this way to ask and trigger those things. Now, I really like the sound of this because one of the things we'll talk about with the myths is how you get to those plugins. And it'd be really interesting if this became a way to get to the plugins and they they kind of changed some of the co-pilot to make it as easy as this. And it, it kind of fits in that M365 model and other areas of Microsoft to be able to kind of at mention things. So to me it makes a lot of sense really interesting yeah i mean when they announced the uh, custom gpts um you know they gave examples of things like fitness gpts or uh menu finders so being able to ask um you know at, like app mentioned the fitness gpt for a new training plan before you go in the gym or you're about to start planning cooking your evening meal and you you aren't mentioned the you know a recipe finder or something like that with the ingredients that you've got in the fridge and ask it to give you a recipe i'm i'm smirking slightly because i love the fact i talked about travel and music uh, as as my <laughs> and you talked about being healthy and food plans on there this is a lot about us uh, <laughs> I don't know if you look um, at my the, if you look at my travel plan. I think Expedia is one uh, one I could <laughs> find quite useful as well. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Um, so the next one, 
uh, and, and this has caused a lot of social media buzz. Uh, so probably you've seen this, but OpenAI announced Sora. Um, so this is something that, that isn't available yet. It's kind of an early announcement and they've got the technical report, but it's that ability to take a text prompt and to move this over to um, generating videos. Now, there have been other services like this. Um, there's a guy, what's his name on Twitter, Robert Scoble, who retweets a lot of these. And there's been some nice examples. There's been some really horrific, terrible ones. But I think it's the quality of the videos that we're seeing from Sora that's in, impressing and scaring people uh, at the same time. They're not perfect. I know, Zoe, this video we're looking at of a Chinese lady walking or possibly Korean lady walking through the streets. You, you kind of notice her hands there is a little bit freaky. Um, you know, the, the kind of length of fingers and gap there didn't doesn't quite work. And there's kind of a glow around her as well. But generally, the quality of these is really quite impressive. Bearing Especially in mind, these are yes. ones. Yeah, especially considering this is one prompt. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's got the prompt down the bottom. A stylish woman walks down a Tokyo street filled with warm, glowing neon and animated city signage. She wears a black leather jacket, long red dress and black boots and carries a black purse. Uh, there's a few more lines in there to describe that. But it's got things like the reflection in the glasses shows up correctly. The, there's another one. Uh, th there's a video further down, which I'll show in a sec. But there's another one I've seen of someone walking through an art gallery. And it, it, some of the tweets I saw mentioned that often when you have that, there's actually the the pictures behind change as people walk past that. Whereas with Sora, it doesn't. Um, and, and I also love this page because they, they highlight some of the things where it goes wrong. Um, so we got here on the screen a uh, man running on a treadmill. But even for someone who doesn't use treadmills very much, I know that you don't run backwards on a treadmill uh, on there. It's confused <laughs> left and right on that in a, in a highly entertaining way. Uh, and another <laughs> example of a dog jumping between there who somehow seems to manage to walk through a door while at the same time being in front of it. Um, yeah, so it I mean, it's got the physics. Yeah, this is it. I mean, I, you know, I don't have uh, dogs, but I do have cats. And I know if, if one of my cats tried to walk from that window sill to the next, he'd be on the floor. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, uh, but again, it's it's kind of like cartoons in a way um, within there. I know in cartoons, it, it doesn't seem quite physically possible, but this is like a real world cartoon almost. So, yeah, there's definitely still work to be done, but it's it's incredible to see. Yeah, and and you were right that this has generated a, a lot of noise. Uh, I think there are a lot of people who work in the creative industry who are worried about what this means for their jobs. There are people demanding to know what data Sora was trained on. Uh, I've seen quite a lot of people uh, saying they think it must have been trained on things like the Unreal Engine or uh other video games and when <clears throat> when you look at the partnership with microsoft and uh you know microsoft's gaming division and minecraft mm. and and things like that you know it's it's not unfeasible that OpenAI would have had a lot of access to that content but there's al also tons of stuff just available on youtube and the broader in internet that it's likely to have been trained on as well yeah so i, I think we talked about at our sort of start of year show that kind of content and data ownership will be one of the top topics of this year. I can only see videos raising that and, and increasing that further as, uh, as well. And I, I imagine that's also where they haven't put this available out to people 
as well as not quite being ready for general consumption. I think there's a lot of that to be to looked at and, and worked through. But uh, yeah, fascinating. And, and why are we talking about that in Copilot Connection? Well, I'm sure we will see these models start together. Um, one, one of the things we uh, that I've included in the newsletter is um, as opposed to about three trends and it's that multimodal. So that ability to generate videos, I'm sure will be coming, whether it's the Copilot Pro, whether it's the Copilot for Microsoft 365 and loading things straight to stream. Who knows? But I, I think we'll see this come sooner rather than later um, as well. Yeah, completely agree. Right. Shall we get onto some of our myths and uh, become myth busters, um, which I really should have thought about because it's really hard to say um, on there. But uh, I think it's probably time for us to go through and to try and bust some myths and, and actually say, well, actually, some of them are kind of true as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's. And. Um, it's, it's been an interesting few months, hasn't it? Because we, we've had access to Copilot for M365 for a while. You've got things like Microsoft Copilot, the artist formerly known as Bing, which everybody has access to. Uh, and it's only really um, over the last few weeks that um, outside of the early access program, people have been able to get wider access to Copilot, particularly when Microsoft dropped the licensing restrictions. And for some of those broader Copilot products, uh, other than M365, as they've moved through the preview cycle and started to become more widely available, uh, what what this means is that lots more people are getting their hands on it, which, which means that some of these myths are starting to perpetuate and become uh, more widely believed, shall we say. Yeah, and and I think also that people are trying one thing and finding saying, oh, we're seeing this. This is the case, whereas it's it's not always uh, on there, which I think probably takes off. And, and partly what triggered me thinking about this was the the first myth. And I'm just trying to find the uh, link that's triggered this off, which I'll show in a sec. But this was the fact that Copilot is trained on your own data. Now, this, for me, came from Daniel Anderson having this great post, which I really like. But he said, use this prompt to train a co-pilot to emulate your tone of voice. And I went, you don't train co-pilot. And I, and I think <laughs> this is true. This is the myth on there that the content you're putting in and we're, we're, we're talking here about uh, Copilot for Microsoft 365, the, the the kind of paid for Copilot. So we're excluding uh, the artist formerly known as, uh, well, I guess the artist formerly known as Bing Chat. So if you've got any of your page, your corporate enterprise level ones, Microsoft will not be using your prompts, your information to train the large language models for the future. So content you put in there won't be reused. If you're using this as in Bing, with your personal accounts and you don't have Copilot Pro and you, you haven't set it up with your enterprise data, then it will be using your prompts. It will learn from those and use that to train and improve the engine over time um, within there. But, but anything enterprise grade, no. Yeah, but, but there's a really important but there because if you're using personal Bing, not the enterprise protected Bing, and you're you're putting in prompts and data and things like that, your the things that you enter may be used to train the model, but it's not going to 
train it specifically for you and the way you use it. So if I yeah, if I point. put prompts in, it's not going to get, it's not going to suddenly give me a better experience that's more tailored to me. It's going to generally improve the ability of this model for everybody. So it still won't yeah. pick up your tone of voice just from what you put in it. Yeah, absolutely true. So uh, to defend Daniel Anderson, what he actually talks about in there is to put a prompt that kind of describes who you are, what you're trying to achieve post that, and then follow up with more questions, which will use that previous prompt in, in your tone of voice. So it's about putting your tone of voice in there. That is absolutely true and a really powerful way to get in there. So great article, but also triggered me thinking about those those initial myths that uh, people have had. Yeah, and, and it is, uh, you're right, it is one that I do see uh, perpetuated. Um, another one that we come across quite a lot is that Copilot just works. You just turn it on. You don't really need to do anything to, to get the value out of it. It, it just works. And um, this one is it's kind of true because technically there's not a huge amount of heavy lifting to actually get this enabled. But for for people to actually get the most value out of this, for them to be able to build that co-pilot muscle and to understand things like prompting and how to provide context around tone of voice and who the audience is or or anything like that, you know, that 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 takes time. And it's not like you can give this to people and then on day one they'll understand exactly how to get the best out of the tool. It's it's a journey that people need to go on and they'll need support and uh, change enablement and training and, and all of that to help them build that muscle over time. And I think also about making sure your content, your data, your systems are in a good place to work with Copilot, whether that's Copilot for Microsoft 365, that you've got your data in there, that you're not oversharing, you're not undersharing, you've put things into useful areas that make sense, you haven't called it V1.7.AB, is this the final draft question mark? Uh, I did find a, a file actually <laughs> internally, not, not far off that, which uh, I, I probably shouldn't talk about, but making sure that you have those, that you've used metadata where you can to help Copilot find things on there. Or even if we're looking at things like Dynamics, if you've added a lot of customizations, then Copilot it has kind of been I don't know if you'd use the word trained, but designed to work with an anticipation of how things are. And if you've gone away from that, then it might be a little bit harder to get the information out that you need from there as well. So um, I'm trying to use not use that word I've put in the notes. Uh, that's a little bit rude there, Zoe. <laughs> so, so any kids listening uh, are OK. But if you've corrupted your instance in some way and put a lot of development, made a lot of changes, then Copilot's going to find it harder to, to work with that data as well. Yeah, and I, I know we've kind of gone a, a little bit um, out of order in terms of actually naming the myths, but for me, one of, one of the myths that I come across quite regularly is people thinking that this is one size fits all. So what we mean by that is people think that and this this is true for multiple different types of co-pilot. People think that, you know, organisations will use it in the same way or everybody in finance will use it in the same way or everybody... Um, you know every every everybody like is an individual will get the same type of value out of it and it's just not true 
because when we think about what co-pilot is, and again, this is any co-pilot, when we think about what it is, it is capability that we can use to augment the way that we work. And the way that we each work is very different. It's individual to us. It is something that we've built up and developed over time. Um, you know, the way I manage my email, my meetings, the way I create, collaborate, communicate, all of those things is going to be different from how you do it, Kevin. So what that means is there might be something that's really cool that Copilot can do, whether it's sales Copilot or Copilot in Viva or, you know, Copilot in Teams, whatever it might be. But actually, it might not sorry, be relevant. Sorry, sorry. What, what's this sales copilot you talk of? Is it is that copilot in sales, copilot for sales? I'm referring to the add ins in Outlook and Teams. We <laughs> <laughs> um, love naming. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, so um, you know, even where you've got five people that might do the same job in finance uh, and you might have a really powerful finance use case, whether it's for copilot in D365 finance, whether it's M365. Um, it might not be relevant to all of them because it might not be, it might not actually add value to the way that they work. Yeah. And, and the same in the M365 ones, I don't use the one in Excel much. It, it doesn't fit to the way I work. It requires you to need tables. And most of my content isn't in tables uh, within there. So I don't see, I don't find the value quite so much with that one. So, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. There's going to be different ways. And I think allowing people to experiment and find the ones is one of the key key areas that, that does see a benefit. And I think that moves us on to the next myth. Uh, and this could be a controversial one, but one of the myths is that Copilot will save money. Now, I imagine at least half of you are going, whoa. $30 per user per month, that's not going to save money. But we're seeing a lot of people do calculations. And, you know, if it's saving an hour a day, which it often and very easily can do and it's been demonstrated to, then it can be seen as a, a, a money saver within there. But I, I think it's fair to say, Zoe, that even with that, it's it's not as simple uh, a story. Yeah, co completely agree. And um I mean, that's that's distilling an ROI calculation down to a really simplified level, which is if a, if an employee salary is X dollars or pounds per year, then, you know, they need to save X many hours per week or per month to break even. But from a from a CFO perspective, that's not going to wash, because if you add thirty dollars per user per month for some or all of your organization what you've done is essentially added a whopping great big cost onto the PL and um, individuals saving hours per week per day or per week or per month isn't going to do anything to balance that so it's not so much about how many hours people save it's about what they do with that time and are there ways that they can use that time to drive efficiencies, reduce cost of sale or time to value, um, find ways to innovate and go after new markets or, um, you know, in increase top line revenue. So there's there's lots of different ways of looking at it. But, um, yeah, for people who think, you know, pe people who think it's, it's going to um, save time, which means we can reduce headcounts and then drive costs that way. That's another way of looking at it that I don't like either, because for me, um, I think, again, I think that's a huge oversimplification and, um, you know, assuming that Copilot on day one is going to lead to a 20% headcount reduction is just really rubbish and horrible. Yeah, 
Abs absolutely agree on that one. Um, so next myth. Um, Copilot is collecting all your data from Office apps. And this this one actually came up on, on Twitter, I saw. Uh, let's bring it up. So this was from Andrew Terry, CPA. Uh, I saw it shared by Ashley, the CPA, who's, who's been fantastic talking about Twitter and the legal side on there. Uh, and it said that is Microsoft really collecting data from all Office apps? Well, yeah, it is. I, I mean, the Microsoft Graph has been around for a long time. Things you do within Microsoft 365 are collected within audit logs. They're tracking what's happening within there. That powers the Microsoft Graph, which gives you connections in search, gives you recommended documents. And Copilot uses that to, with the large language model to ground your data. So, yes, what you're doing within Graph is available and Copilot will use that to make those recommendations, to make those connections with there. Does it attribute that directly to you? Is this ways for companies to snoop on you and be able to um, kind of say you're not doing enough work or you're doing too uh, doing too much work? They're never going to accuse you of that. Um, but if you're doing the wrong sorts of work within there, Copilot will not do that. It will not give you that ability to see what lots of other people are doing and say who's doing more, who's doing less within there. And I, I think we've seen a few people looking at that. How can I see that connections with people? How can I see what they're doing within there it will obey your permission so you'll only see what you give permissions to see within there but if you're going down to the the full myth yes uh, microsoft is capturing everything that's happening and your organization has permissions to see that yeah well th this is it i mean when people are using corporate systems uh they they should have no expectation to privacy i think it's been common for many years now, and I'm sure I've had to do this in at least the last three or four employers where part of your employment contract basically says that you recognize this. So if you're using work systems, then um, everything is auditable. Uh, you know, things like network access on your device, the locations that you're logging in from. Uh, so it, it's no surprise, and it's something that Delve has been surfacing for years. <laughs> and then Viva as well, you know, all of the stuff in Viva Insights where it's building your uh, network of collaborators and where it's recommending tasks that you've forgotten and things that you've missed. All of that is coming from the same data source that Copilot is also utilising. Yeah. But I, I think a lot of what Copilot does is not to surface that information to people to kind of say, I want to know the amount of work that Zoe's doing. I want to know the amount of work that Kevin's doing. Copilot's not going to make it easier to do that. Uh, the graph has already got certain elements of that, but it's it's impressively hard to get the information out from that. Uh, and that continues mm. with Copilot as well. So, yes, uh, it, it is true. It's collecting your data, but false that it's making that more available as well. Yeah. Uh, OK, so next myth. Uh, that Copilot is is go well. That Copilot requires or will reduce the need for human involvement. What's your take on this one? Um, well, it's obviously false for this. It's called Copilot, not autopilots within there. I'm sure many of you have heard that phrase a lot, but it's true uh, that Copilot is there to 
to see that, to be your kind of buddy that sits next to you, that helps you get things done within there, it helps you be more productive. It gives you ideas to be more innovative, but it's not going to replace things within there automatically. It's not going to do everything you you do. It's going to help you do things quicker um, within there. Yeah. And so the the, the human I, in the I'm loop not is train the slide. I'm not going to drain the slide on that one. Um, <laughs> Did you have to? <laughs> uh, yeah. So the human in the loop is absolutely key. And and if we give a few different examples, um, co-pilot, uh, co-pilot insecurity, co-pilot false security. I'm not sure what we're calling that one these days. Security co-pilot. Um, imagine there's a security analyst who is using Copilot to understand some of the threat signals within an organization and they need to take action you you need that human in the loop to make sure that the action be, that's being taken is the right one i think yeah and and i think we see that a lot with and some people complain about this that copilot doesn't take actions it just gives you information to do that um, on there and I, I don't think we'll see that massively change anytime soon as well mm -hmm. so the next one everyone is excited about copilot what do you think uh, so this, this 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 one's false um so <laughs> uh it almost feels like there's been a bit of a a change in tide recently and the last Gartner hype cycle that was published a little while back had generative AI right at the top of the hype cycle, which means that we're about to go into or we're, we're heading down to the trough of disillusionment. And I've seen a few articles recently. Uh, I think you've sent me some of the links to Kevin, where people are starting to talk about uh, buyer's remorse for Copilot for M365 or people are, are sharing that they've been underwhelmed. Um, and I think this is I think this is perfectly normal. You know, this for all of these co-pilot products, there's a huge amount of expectation. And, and because of the scarcity of access for quite a while, and also the fact that this was a preview, well, these were preview products and essentially still being built and still maturing. Um, it feels to me like there's a, a bit of a mismatch in terms of expectations. And um, based on everything I've seen in my experience, I think as the product continues to mature, as people's understanding of it continues to mature and people start to fully understand what the art of the possible is and what that extensibility pathway and strategy looks like, we'll, we'll see people come outside of, of the other side of this trough of disillusionment. I can't hear you, Kevin. Uh, so Kevin's having some technical difficulties. I'm going to move on to the next myth while he tries to sort out his microphone. Uh, so the next myth that we've seen with Copilot is the myth that Copilot will automate everything. And again, this is one that is just not true. Um, Copilot will make it possible to, with, with plugins, with extensibility, with things like Copilot Studio, it will become easier to, uh, to to automate. It will be easier to bring things into the flow of work with those Copilot plugins. But again, that still requires a human to actually do something. It still requires us to look at what that process is. Um, and it, it, yeah, it will, it will, uh, it will still 
still still require us to actually um, put the prompts in and to uh, you know to think about what some of those process steps are. Okay, so now I've lost Kevin altogether. I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> uh, so um, another myth that we've got is that Copilot can solve everything. Again, this is another one that is just uh, just not true. Uh, there are certain things that the different Copilot products will be really good at. Um, there are there are definitely ways that 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 Copilot can provide different types of value, but Copilot will not solve for everything. What about a refresh? Will that solve everything? Uh, it looks like it's worked for you, Kevin. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Uh, don't know what happened. Brilliant, there, that, that wasn't me for once. Uh, just decided to stop working. Um, so, um, so the two myths left. Do you want to talk about um, the Copilot plugins? Yeah. So this this one was around. You can't do anything about Copilot choosing the right plugin. So this is I talked about extensions and plugins. Sorry, extensibility and plugins uh, in the last episode. And one of the challenges that we have seen for that is how how do you kind of ask a question and see it roots through to the right thing? I've kind of put in the notes false. Uh, and the reason for that is uh, this link that I'll bring up uh, onto this screen any second now. So I've realized that stopped sharing. But there is now capability to effectively debug how you... Um, how you select the plugin so you can see from what you're asking it how it gets through there i think it is fair to say from those who've who've been building plugins there is a bit of a challenge to get through this you often get to a point where there's a very specific phrase that you can get that gets that plugin really nicely if you deviate from that then sometimes it doesn't work so well so i know that there is some work going on with this and that's why i love having this debugging plugins uh, available within there so you can help to understand it as well so I, I guess a kind of true myth with this one but with this link which we'll put in the show notes uh, you can put dash uh, developer mode on and it will give you a lot more information as to how things are getting within there so uh, a, a nice change on on that one but that brings us to uh no oh, actually sorry two two more we've got here one that copilot keeps changing how it works well that's kind of true isn't it really Zoe? it is true it is true and it this is and this is an evolving product which will continue to mature and iterate over time so i think we will continue to see this happening I mean, a great example. Uh, we've seen the the new Microsoft Copilot experience in Teams, as they've said here. What was M365 Chat now renamed as just Copilot within there? You're seeing where that comes in be different. That ability to create a new chat so you can get that fresh one uh, for anyone who happens to be demoing Copilot in a live environment. This is fantastic. Big, big fan of this. I think it's a good new change. But again, these are the kind of changes that we're seeing happening. We're seeing that the way um, the way it goes through is very different as well. So, yes, it is changing. Yes, we'll see a lot more from that. But then the final myth, Zoe, Copilot can solve everything. 
it's all right. I did this one while you were refreshing your browser. Oh, <laughs> uh, so he can't solve that one on so okay yeah uh, sorry <laughs> and you said um, it's true right uh i did say that that was uh did i say <laughs> no, your course. language your language just confused me <laughs> yeah so no co-pilot cannot solve everything no absolutely not so mm. they that's probably uh just about time to wrap up. Uh, I wanted to highlight a few events coming up uh, this Wednesday. So what's that? 21st of February, there's Teams Nation. Um, we've got the MVP Summit coming up in, gosh, what's that? Two weeks, three weeks time. Three, um, three weeks. Now, which is terrifying. Um, is it, is it three so weeks? Or is, it, is it three weeks? Yeah, it's three weeks, yes. isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Let's think about that. We'll ask Copilot in a minute. Um, but we will be looking to interview lots of Microsoft folks over there. So we will get uh, a lot of those discussions we're hoping to have um, from that. Um, also sign up for the Collab Summit. Uh, Zoe and I will both be there. There's going to be a lot of co-pilots uh, happening at that event. We have Commsverse, which is uh, just had its call for speakers closed. So we should see some amazing events coming up for that. And also the M365 Summit, which I think start of May off the top of my head. So have a look at those events. I'll put the links to those into the show notes and get out there and see what Copilot can bring to you. Yeah, and, and for anybody who's in the UK or travels to the UK for uh, for events, the call for speakers for Scottish Summit will be opening soon as well. So if you've got a, a co-pilot story that you want to tell and you, you'd like a friendly crowd, then Scottish Summit definitely the place to be. I don't know, some of those other MVPs aren't very co-pilot friendly, but apart from that, yeah, they're <laughs> lovely people. Yeah, we should have talked about the old men yelling at clouds session at Tallinn. <laughs> that looked like a lot of fun. I think that was just a bunch yes. of old men yelling about co-pilot, really, wasn't it, from, from everything I, I, I saw? Sus I suspect true, knowing that lot. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Well, um, it's been an absolute pleasure, as always. Uh, we've got more big things planned for future episodes. Like Kevin said, we'll be getting lots of interviews while we're in Seattle for MVP Summit, both with uh, MVPs and people from Microsoft. Uh, and then we'll be back uh, once we're back from Seattle with lots more uh, news and developments for you. Absolutely. And if you want to hear more, then please, 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 please subscribe. Follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Stroke X. Subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to YouTube. Tell your colleagues, tell your clients, tell your friends. In fact, Zoe, I believe you had a client uh, say to you in a meeting uh, the other day how much they enjoyed the podcast. So please tell people it is making a lovely difference and gives us a big smile when we hear that. Let us know what you want to hear. Otherwise, thank you very much. Thanks very much for listening and look forward to talking again soon. And I just need to find the icon and hit play. Thanks very much. Bye-bye.